Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. Can I tell you an embarrassing story real quick? And I apologize for the time this is taken away from the conversation I'm about to have with one of the candidates for governor. But you heard Ricky Meese deliver that expert traffic report, and she talked about some backups in the Sunset area. When I was young and dumb, I was once traveling out to, I was driving out to Hill Air Force Base, and I got off at the exit there, and can you picture it? There's the sign uh, that points to Hill Air Force Base to the right, and then to the left, there is a sign, and it uh, all it says is sunset, and then an arrow pointing to the left. I, in my, uh, you know, young, dumb, ignorant mind, I didn't realize that we had a community here in Utah named Sunset. And so when I saw that sign, I thought that it was like a tourist indicator to help those who are out visiting either the Great Salt Lake or Antelope Island or something like that know in which direction they should look to enjoy the sunset. (laughs) Turns out there's a whole community there. And so my apologies uh, to all the fine folks who live in the beautiful community of Sunset that I once uh, didn't know you existed. I do now, and I'm in love with you, and I've been visiting there uh, ever since. So anyway, that's my embarrassing story. And uh, in an effort to earn your trust and camaraderie, I will uh, from time to time share these embarrassing stories. Now, though, we've got to turn our attention to something more important than my uh, ignorant past, and that is the future of the governor's office here in the state of Utah. Joining me on the line is Thomas Wright. You know him well. He is uh, running for uh, governor. He, alongside Rob Bishop, who would like to be your next lieutenant governor, uh, Thomas Wright, joins me now. Sir, how are you? Great, Lee. Thanks for having me on. I love your story about Sunset. I'll never pass through there again without uh, chuckling a little bit. Every time I get off the uh, uh, the off-ramp there and I see that sign, I am uh, I am reminded of that embarrassing moment uh, of mine. And in, uh, in my in my spirit of self-deprecation, I, I tell I'll anyone who's in the car with me. The off-ramp for me now, whenever <laughs> I go by. All right. You'll know where to look. Uh, Listen, your running mate, Rob Bishop, yesterday published in the Deseret News uh, an op-ed that spoke about the election system here in the state of Utah, specifically how it has been treated uh, in the midst of this coronavirus. I'd like to get some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, this is a perfect illustration of why I wanted to run for governor. Uh, We've had tremendous success. We need to build on the successes that we've had in Utah. We're the greatest state and the greatest country the world's ever known. But we have our fair share of challenges, and this is one of them. For six years, we struggled with this election process that uh, was reformed in 2014 by the legislature. And it's created a lot of divisiveness, a lot of confusion. And this year, it's going to create a winner uh, for the Republican nomination for governor and probably some other important races by a plurality. You know, somebody's going to win with less than a majority of the vote. And I appreciated Congressman Bishop stepping up and showing why he would be an incredible lieutenant governor by saying, you know, he will fix this when he's elected and when we take office in January. And that's why he's such an amazing leader. He's saying that, you know, it's time to bring the shareholders together. It's time to have an honest conversation about this. And it's time to have a solution. And I appreciated him stepping up to the plate and, and pointing that out. For a little bit of background for folks listening, the, the, the race for the Republican nomination uh, has been impacted by a number of things. Of course, you are well aware of the coronavirus. Uh, and in the midst of the coronavirus, the process for gathering signatures to secure a spot on the primary ballot was taking place. And in an effort to 
well, to hear him explain, in an effort to ease the ability for a candidate to collect those signatures, the governor, via executive order, uh, made a few changes to uh, some of the ways folks could uh, gather those signatures. Not long after that, uh, a lawsuit was filed by another candidate, and it was ruled uh, by Judge Shelby, a federal judge, that the threshold for this candidate in particular uh, could be lowered. So we have seen, via executive order and judicial decree, uh, adjustments made to uh, the way in which we elect candidates here in the state of Utah midstream. And for some, it's rubbing them the wrong way. Let me ask you this, Thomas. Uh, and again, my guest, Thomas Wright, is running for governor. Uh, he collected signatures and also uh, made his pitch uh, via the convention. Will, will there be, regardless of who wins this race, will there be an asterisk next to the, the, this, this race here in the state of Utah? I, 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 I'll tell you that like, we've had, my three opponents have held a public elected office. They've been in public office for a long time. The last 15 years, they've been in and out of various offices. And they've had their chance to fix a lot of things, and I applaud them for their service. But SB 54 in this elections mess that we have, Lee, is not going to be solved by the people who had a chance to solve it and decided not to while they were there. It's going to be solved by the people who want to step in now and say, hey, we have solutions, we're willing to, to bring people together, and we're willing to solve this hard problem that's really evidenced itself in this race. Like you said, we've had an executive order. We've had you know, the, the subjectivity of whether signatures count or not. That has put really good people that are counting the signatures in a really difficult spot. And we need to have an objective, clear, clean election process in the state of Utah so there's a concise winner and people can rally around with that winner. How are things going for your campaign, sir? You've had to make certainly some coronavirus adjustments. How do you, how do you spend your days trying to make your case to the people? Well, you do your best using technology. And look, everybody, this is a tough time for our state. We, I mean, nobody saw this coming. Uh, we all have a lot of things that we have to adjust to. Kids are adjusting in schools, and a lot of business owners are really struggling. A lot of employees have lost their jobs. We're at 135,000 people unemployed. And so we're just doing like everybody else in this great state, doing the best with a difficult situation and uh, trying to make sure that we make our case to the voters. And let me tell you, the people of Utah have been so good to us. We've had a tremendous amount of success. We have a lot of support. We have a lot of momentum. And we want to thank the people of Utah for taking time during this really difficult time to hear us and to listen to our message about how we're going to bring a new perspective to state government. All right, sir. Grateful to you for your time. Wish you the best of luck. It's always good to hear from you. Thanks, Lee. I appreciate you having me on. All righty. We're going to take a break. Before we do, though, can I point something out? You heard uh, Thomas there, again, Thomas Wright, candidate for governor. He pointed out that uh, in the midst of our fight against this coronavirus, that some 135,000 Utahns have lost their job. That is another one of those figures that absolutely breaks my heart. And as you hear about these job losses, please take a moment, as you do when you hear the facts and figures related to the coronavirus uh, deaths, remember that every one of those numbers – the 68 cases uh, which have been which have come as a result of those two businesses in in Utah County, those are those are actual people. There are 68 individuals right now who are un unsure uh, what their tomorrow will be like. They are engaged in a fight uh, for some, a fight for their life. And similarly, when it comes to the livelihoods of individuals, uh, there are there is some ground being lost on that front as well. And as you heard the candidate there mentioned, 135,000 some odd jobs here in the state of Utah lost. That reflects uh, essentially uh, all of the job gains that we have made over the past three years. We're going to take a quick break. And in the final segment of today's episode of Live Mike, we're going to be speaking to another candidate. This gentleman, though, would like your vote to represent 
you in Congress, at least in Utah's 4th Congressional District. Burgess Owens will be my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.